Well, babe, we did it. We wrote a book. Yeah, man, it's it's actually surreal to even think about uh, that we wrote a book, had a baby, got married, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> but the book is now available yeah. for pre-order, and we're so excited to share it with you. Oh, so looking forward to getting this book into your hands, to be in dialogue and conversation with all of you as we continue to liberate love from old imprints and codependent dynamics that keep us small, stuck, and stagnant. Yeah, you know, no matter your relationship status, this book walks you through what shaped you, why do you do what you do in relationship. It dives deep into your relationship blueprint, attachment styles, and most importantly, which is different than every other book that's ever covered codependency in the past, we explore the role of the nervous system in that. And the book is called Liberated Love. Yeah. Release your codependent patterns and create the love you desire. Go to createthelove.com slash liberated love to order your copy now. That's createthelove.com slash liberated love and get that pre-order in and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support. Much love. Thank you. Any idea of someone else's disappointment is my mind creating that so I can have an excuse to stay the same. And I invite you to do the same is where have other people's expectations of who you need to be held you hostage where has the fear of someone else's response or a lot of people's response kept you silent? Hi, I'm Mark Groves. I'm a human connection specialist and founder of Create the Love. At an early point in my life, I became obsessed with understanding relationships, the intricacies of how people connect. And through this exploration, I have created a life and a business dedicated to learning out loud and exploring how we interact with each other and the world. This podcast brings the world's top thought leaders, spiritual luminaries, physicians, scientists, researchers, best-selling authors, and health and wellness experts under one roof to discuss the good, the bad, the messy, and of course, the beautiful parts of the human experience. Welcome to the Mark Groves Podcast. I can't wait to dive in with you. Hello, and welcome to the Mark Groves Podcast. So this is my second solo podcast that I've done looking into a camera. The first time I was saying that normally I'm used to just putting my head down and putting on a mic and hoodie up, you know, and just going in my zone. But this is the next sort of edge for me. It's uncomfortable. It's new. It's vulnerable. It feels weird. And isn't it so easy to get stuck in the spaces of how we know things are going to work or what is working for us or how our businesses work or how our relationships work. It's so easy to get stuck in the same cycles. And this doesn't mean we can't have behaviors that work. I'm saying when we know that we need to reach for more, when we know that we can become more, and yet we don't answer the call. And you know, I think that the body will allow us a little space, a little grace you know, we might make negotiations like I'll stay for this much longer till I sort this out and all that's fine. I just think that at some point the body can't hold the misalignment for too long. Like I know that if I stay misaligned with something or I, you know, kind of putting off doing a solo episode, looking into a camera, I'm like, I have to, I, because I'm afraid to, it means I need to. You know, and, and that's different than fear that is about safety or anything like that. I mean, fear that's about rejection. 
possible rejection, possible abandonment, possible judgment, possible possible expansion, becoming something you've never been like that, you know, is what it's all about. But there's so much fear in becoming someone you've never been because you've never been that person. You've never had that skill before. If all of a sudden you stop saying yes to unavailable people, now you're in this space where no longer are you chasing this wound of, I can't wait till they choose me. When they choose me, I'll be enough. When they love me, I'll be enough. When I finally convince someone who's broken to finally be with me, then my work will have been done. No, it won't. You'll find another project just like we all would because the work isn't. That's just a projection of our wound onto them. We want to choose us. We want to be acknowledged by us. Then that work of unavailable processing will be done because we're the ones who are actually unavailable to ourselves. And we're this way in so many different aspects, relationally and just in the way we do life. And there's a quote that I heard this last week that I really love. It really spoke to me. And I hope I say this guy's name right. I haven't heard it uh, audibly said, but it's Matt Gottesman, Gottesman, G-O-T-T-E-S-M-A-N. My friend Brandon Collingsworth, who's been a guest on the podcast, shared it with me. And it is, your purpose is not uncertain. You are. Don't let the human in you talk you out of the soul in you. I love that. Your purpose is not uncertain. You are. Like, you exist. Don't let the human in you, the part of you that has fears, the part of you that has limiting beliefs, talk you out of the soul in you. The part of you that is saying, we got to do this. We got to start this. We got to lay this boundary. We got to have this conversation. We got to move in this direction for our lives, for our business, for whatever it is. But isn't it so true that the human in us talks us out of it? You know, a lot of my process in the last three years, you know, let's just acknowledge we've all been through a collective trauma. And, you know, the process in the last couple of years, especially, I've been a little more internal. I haven't been sharing as much outside. And and that's why I haven't done as many solo episodes because I've been processing things. I've been needing to sort of navigate things within me, but also been fearing the response to what I truly want to say or how I truly feel. Um, the podcast hasn't been a place that I've really hid. You just haven't gotten as many solo episodes, but you've certainly gotten my expression and the direction that I'm going in. You know, relationships are, I think, the most potent vehicle for transformation. There's nothing else that might matter to us enough to change our lives than love. And that doesn't mean love with a romantic partner. It could be the love of a child. You know, it could just be the reflection, the the frustrations, all those things to say, I just want to figure this out. I just want to get this. And then, you know, as uh, I heard Richard Rohr say, that the journey to the true self is the same as the journey to the true God. Like in your search to find God, you'll find yourself. And in the search to find yourself, you'll find God. And I think that's really that when you do that 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 adventure, when you say yes to it and you're like, I want to figure out more about me, you start to feel so connected to everything. You start, your brain starts to explode because it's not about being in the brain. It's about being in the heart. And then you're in your heart and you're going, wow, like, We've forgotten so many things. We've forgotten the sacredness of the relationship to a tree, of of the relationship to ourselves. And so I wrote a letter, like a newsletter, to the people who are subscribed to my newsletter. So if you're not, it's getting all kinds of awesome in there. Click on the link in the show notes and we'll have a link out so you can sign up so you don't miss them. 
But I wanted to share with you on here what I wrote because it really feels like a coming out of sorts, <laughs> you know? And let me just share this. So the first thing I wrote is a quote from Ram Das that I've always loved. The moment I heard it, I was just like, this is everything. And it's, I would like to have the integrity that everything I know to be true inside is manifested at all the levels outward in my life. But I see that until I am, every message I send is a mixed message. Every message I send is not only a message of love, but it's a message of fear. Think about that. Every time I don't share the truth that is within me, it's not living outside of me, then I'm not in the integrity to which I want to live and to which Ram Das want to live. And he quotes Gandhi right before he says this, where he says, my life is my message. You know, one of the processes of Stephen Covey's book, and this isn't part of the writing from the newsletter, you're getting the bonus version, uh, from Gandhi is, my life is my message. And Ram Das is saying the same thing, that every time the truth that lives within him is not a truth that lives outside of him. Think of that on so many levels, the level of knowledge that you're living with that you haven't integrated, the, the skill set you know you need to learn to protect yourself, to, to hear your partner better, to build that career, to start offering different things, to step towards your purpose, whatever it is, but to know that it lives in there and it's not out here. To be in integrity with that, where those two things are the same, isn't that the work, right? Because I think every time you build new knowledge or new awarenesses, that integrity goes to a different level. Am I, is my life reflective of the internal awareness that I have? Until it is, the message I send is both one of love and one of fear. Wow. So true. And the fear being... I'm afraid. I'm afraid to tell you this. I'm afraid to be this. I'm afraid to express this. And that message is perpetuated through our own inactions, our own actions, our own avoidance. People can feel it, right? You know, it's like I say, regardless of whether you communicate a truth, the truth exists. You communicate it through other ways, but your body pays the price. You know, and I've quoted this before where Carolyn Mace says that if there's one thing she knows in all her healing work, it's that liars don't heal. I've been obsessed with Martha Beck's book, The Way of Integrity, and she's going to be a guest on the podcast soon, so make sure you subscribe uh, so you don't miss it. But the book is incredible, and she talks about that. Like When you start committing to telling the truth, to not lie at all, everything changes like your body gets lighter you lose weight you've always wanted to lose you, you know you start to want to eat better you just feel lighter you know and it takes such a charade to hold it all up right but you know if if the normality of our lives of our circumstances of our relationships is to not be all of ourselves then we're being normal so to actually step into authentic presence and expression is actually an act of rebellion, right? To normality. This is why if someone says like, you're so normal, it's like, oh God, right? Like we need to be able to step into these spaces because when you begin to change a system, a way of being in a system, like you as this one cog, if you change, all of a sudden you force the whole system to change. 
So that's why personal transformation, that's why personal expression has such a dramatic effect on the whole system. The whole system goes, holy shit, like we have to, we have to adapt. We have to figure out how to change too, to accommodate or be in relationship with truth. A lot of families pivot around truth. A lot of human systems are designed to pivot around truth. And think about the birth of so many addictions to numb the pain of this awareness of who we are truly in our soul versus who we're being. And really we're doing because we're doing the pretend. We're doing, we're acting in order to fit within a system. And I'm not saying that if your safety is at risk, you know, that you go, just go be all you. And it's like, figure out the steps to remove yourself from those circumstances so you can find an environment that celebrates who you are. And, you know, so often when we're in human systems, relationships, and we think we always have to leave relationships, you know, ones that are relatively okay. And sometimes we do. But often the relationship itself is invited the other person could be our parent, could be our partner, could be a brother, could be a sister, is invited to orient to the truth too. They get, to, they get the option to put in the same system upgrade that we do, or they don't. But do you see that when it's no longer about self-abandoning to keep them, that it actually begins not to say that the grief isn't there or we're not sad about it, but it begins not to matter as much anymore. And I mean that in that, no longer is my self-worth dependent on whether they choose to continue to operate in the relationship or say yes to the system upgrade. It matters that I did. And that is such a different way of orienting to relationship. I've been thinking much more about the worlds I've been helping create, a world that feels more divided, more fearful of talking about hard and sensitive things. I say I've been helping create because I haven't been doing what I truly need to be doing to change it. My silence on Create the Love on Instagram is deafening to my soul. Sure, I teach connection and relationships and how to create more fulfilling lives, but honestly, I haven't been truly showing up the way I teach all of you to. I've been playing it safe. As Ram Dass said above, the truths that live within me are not fully living outside of me. I have been out of integrity. I've been asking myself, why have I not spoken my whole full truth? I unconsciously blame the very illusion that I'm committed to shattering, that love is only about positive emotion, making relationships last, and feeling good all the time. I didn't want people coming to create the love to be left feeling like I'm talking about things beyond the scope of romantic relationships. I didn't want to get pushback. I didn't want to bite the hand that fed me. I didn't want people to get angry with me or to hate me. I was afraid of not being liked, of not being loved, of being shamed, canceled, attacked all of the things. I was afraid. As you know, I eliminated the use of caffeine and now I've reintroduced it just a little bit in me choosing how it participates in my life, which I like being in control of my relationship with any substance that stimulates me in my mind. And add to that that I really wanted to find something that allowed my brain to perform at its best possible level. I'm in conversations all the time. I'm recording videos. I'm doing podcasts. And so I need to be at the highest performance I can possibly be. So I've been exploring things like nootropics and adaptogens. I absolutely love this company, Cured Nutrition. I love its origin story. It's fully aligned with my values and the integrity to which I want to live by. 
The product that I love is called Rise, and it's a nootropic that's formulated by their in-house clinical herbalist. And it contains a blend of lion's mane and cordyceps mushrooms, rhodiola, ginseng, and a broad-spectrum CBD. I love this product. It has allowed me to have greater mental clarity and performance. There's no caffeine in it. So in that time of that midday coffee, I don't have to take it. You get no jitters, you get no crash, and you're getting those functional mushrooms, the adaptogens, and the cannabinoids. And it leaves your brain on fire, and your to-do list just gets crushed. So this company, as I mentioned, I love, and they are extending an exclusive offer to you, my listeners. You can go grab Rise and any of their other products for 20% off. Just go to www.curednutrition.com slash create the love, and you use the code create the love at checkout. Once again, that's C-U-R-E-D nutrition.com slash create the love, and use the code create the love at checkout to save 20%. Remember that product is called Rise and it is incredible. I also held the story that Instagram has become a place that I couldn't be me. I blamed censorship. I blamed the algorithm. I blamed fear of having hard conversations. I blamed trolls. I blamed the divided culture. I became a victim. And then I became divided. I created another account on IG called It's Mark Groves to be able to share my full truth about how I feel about what's been happening in the world regarding COVID, the mental health crisis, impacts of unscientific lockdowns, and the lack of discussions on vaccines. I created it to give a voice to the particular lens I saw what was happening through, insights that have come through having been a pharmaceutical rep for 14 years, as well as having continuously studied human psychology, human systems, and relationships for the last 20 years. I tried to separate Create the Love and It's Mark Groves. I thought I could live in both worlds and feel whole. I thought I could stay silent over in one place and get louder in another. I had become the very division I was hoping to heal. Today I merge back together. I reclaim myself and my wholeness. Because here's the truth. Love is not about feeling good all the time. Because to me, unconditional love is telling the truth. And the truth doesn't always feel good, but it is liberating. And the purpose of our relationships is to liberate us. I have not been liberated on Create the Love and in this newsletter for some time, and I'm sure some of you have felt that. I've been holding back my expression and, as I've said, afraid of how I might be received. But I realize in doing that that I don't get to be all of me, and you don't get to know all of me. I live in a prison that I created, and I get to blame you. How convenient. And the truth is, I can't live like that. I can't wear masks. I can't pretend. I came here to speak what is true for me and be committed to building bridges. But one cannot build bridges when one does not have a bridge between the parts of themselves they are afraid of expressing. One cannot build bridges when one does not have a bridge between the parts of themselves that they are afraid of expressing. So here I am, expressing, and doing my best to get the right words in the right order And sometimes I'll get it wrong, and sometimes I will get it right. Both are successes. And if you don't like my truth, that's okay. We're not meant to agree on everything. We're we're meant to grow from the distances and differences between us. From this day forward, I'm going to be speaking on all the subjects of the human experience that make my heart sing. I'm going to follow the bliss of the things that interest me and philosophize the human experience. To me, relationships are one of the most potent vehicles for transformation. But my work has never been centered on relationships per se. It's always been focused on the self. It's been focused on you 
Relationships may be what brought you into my life. And while I want your relationships to thrive, I want you to thrive first. And in order for me to teach the things that will help you thrive, I need to thrive. And in order for me to thrive, I need to speak the fire that wants to pour from my veins. You have my commitment. I will never hide my words for fear of you liking me ever again. Thanks for sticking with me as I grow out loud. The last year has been a tough one as I continue to peel the many layers of my codependency. There is always a more, as we all know. I feel another level coming. Do you want to join? Let's break up with our old selves and blow the roof off this reality so we can blast off into more aligned, more expressed, more liberated versions of ourselves. Things are about to get wild. And I did an IG Live just expressing all that and linked it out in the newsletter. It's interesting because the podcast has felt like a safe space to express, you know, and I haven't really felt like I've held back much here. Um, But that's the thing is the fact that I've held back in one place and then not another just shows you the split. You know, I was talking to my friend who's going to be on the podcast, Bobby Vogel, and she does etheric medicine, works with your etheric body. And she was saying to me, you know, you have this idea that you're either create the love or it's Mark Groves, and you're actually neither of those things. You just are. You just are you. You don't have to build a bridge between them. You have to just be yourself. And I thought, like, isn't that so fascinating? Like, we try, when we experience these splits, you know, I've, I've been talking about the division that exists in the world but in creating those two accounts i became divided like i became the literal thing that i'm talking about which is crazy to think about now but it's so obvious you know the evolution of self the evolution allowing myself to grow and change in the desires for what i want to be and talk about and what matters to me is understanding how our inner cosmos work how our systems work How do we build thriving relationships, but also communities and families, but our relationship to food, our relationship to animals, our relationship to everything. And that really, I don't want to get stuck in a box of someone else's expectations. So I'm here to say, (laughs) let go of them. And I think that's really to myself to let go of the expectations of who I have to be or what I'm supposed to be, or what a brand's supposed to look like. Because when a brand or who you are is your brand, quote unquote, and people like what you're creating, it's easy for the ego to get stuck in creating that thing so that you'll maintain being liked. But to me, it's easy to fall in that trap, you know, and it seems, and I have. And now it's like, wait, I don't want to be in a prison that I've created myself. You know, I've created it. Any idea of someone else's disappointment is my mind creating that so I can have an excuse to stay the same. And I invite you to do the same is where have other people's expectations of who you need to be held you hostage? Where has the fear of someone else's response or a lot of people's response kept you silent? You know, I do think it's a giant red flag that in the last three years, we're not allowed to criticize the public health response in some way that minimizes the public health or or the first responders or, or healthcare practitioners. It's not. You can value those things and say, hey, I think we could have done this differently. 
Like, I don't know why we're not all enraged that we knew that lockdowns would cause immense harm. And that was a discussion from the very beginning. It was never part of pandemic plans. And if you're not sure about that, check out my podcast with Jay Bhattacharya, who's a professor of public health at Stanford. Like, that to me is a red flag. Like, why can't we discuss this? Why did governments not do, you know, risk-benefit ratios? And I have a friend who's, uh, when I was at his house when we were young, I remember I was a teenager, and Jehovah's Witness or Mormon, I can't remember, came to the door to talk to to us, you know, and my friend's dad answered the door, and when he did, he said, hey, like, I'll listen to what you have to say about your religion if you can tell me one thing that's wrong with your religion, like a criticism. And the guy couldn't. And I remember that question because the question to me mattered more than the answer or not answer. It was like, we should all be very mindful, at least curious, about anything we're not allowed to criticize. And that's been why I have on some level been silent you know, not wanting to stir too much up because we've also created this culture that if you question it, the masses say, cancel that person. They're anti-life. They're anti-vax. They're anti-this. and Or they're right-wing. That's one of the favorite new insults. But you know, like, I'm everything about... I've always been a liberal. And then I find myself not identifying with liberal political ideology anymore because it seems so intolerant now. And I'm certainly not on the right side either. But just because I'm critical of something doesn't make me a political wing. You know, the irony of that is that's just the desire to put me in a box so you can dismiss everything I have to say. Just like if I said to you, you're pro, you're a sheep, you're this, that's the same division. That's the same bullshit. It doesn't work. You know, what I've realized is that everybody is really trying to do everything from a space of love, generally, 99% of people, you know, and the one group is fighting for their life to save it through a health intervention, and the other one is fighting for their life, and it's looking like that's coming from loss of freedom. And if both these groups could get together and have a conversation, we'd see that it's not about every one treatment for everybody or individualistic thinking that is at the cost of collectivism. It's about this product is for some people, but it's not for everybody. You know, just like um, we do need to think about other people. We do need to consider the impact of our behavior on other people. And, you know, I realized that because of the culture that has created this shaming or the weaponizing of belonging to make sure we don't speak up, I have silenced myself, which means that I am participating in cancel culture because I've self-censored. And I'm here to say, fuck that. I don't want to live like that. I think we can be really considerate of our words and really conscientious about it. And I'm so mindful of, of trying to say the right words in the right way. But there's also learning from getting it wrong. But if the world we're creating has no space for taking the risk of having these conversations or saying, hey, Maybe we should talk about this, but think about that with everything. If our relationship itself is not a space where we can talk about what we're concerned with, then how can we exist in a relationship? It's certainly not built on a commitment to truth. 
And what I've realized romantically, but in my relationship to my parents, my family, my friends, is truth has to come before everybody needing to feel fucking good. Because that's bullshit. We can't create a world that orients around no one ever having disrupted feelings. If the person with the lowest level of capacity for emotional dysregulation is in charge of everything we do, then it's going to be a very safety-oriented world, one that's not realistic. And I'm not shaming that experience. I'm saying that's great. We need to create systems and programs that allow someone like that to process and to live as with as little risk as they can. But we can't go out in life living totally risk-free. Part of being alive is taking that risk. Is and, and that's true of the words we speak. That's true of everything. And, you know, certainly cancel culture and the policing of language is important because people were not sensitive with their words. They were not conscientious of their words. And so there's been a correction. But this, in my experience, has been also a large overcorrection. And we've created a culture where a lot of people bite their tongue about things. And there are certain subjects that are highly sensitive that people won't even touch, even though they don't agree, you know, and we need to bring that back. The ability to have discourse and dialogue and chat and be able to disagree and be like, love is still here. Friends, family who disagrees with my perspective, I still love them. That's, there's no question in my mind, because even if they wanted to vote for someone I don't agree with. It doesn't mean I don't love them. And I, I think that's what's been also interesting as a Canadian, but also witnessing what's happened in the U.S. and also happening in Canada is that like someone wants to vote for, I mean, obviously the big one's been Donald Trump. And then all of a sudden we're like, that person's an idiot, fuck them. And we want to cut them off. But, you know, all of us generally want to vote for political parties that are trying to you know, they represent something that we want to save or to protect or to whatever. And so it's like, I'd really want to know. And I got to say, when people first, when Trump was out the first bit, I was like, how can anyone like this guy? I get it. I would, that's the way my mind was. And I'm sure people listening, there's other people listening who are like, yeah, I totally agree. And there's other people who are like, I voted for him. So like, fuck you. Right. And this isn't about saying whether voting for someone is right or wrong or that it's right or that it's left or whatever. It's how can I understand what motivates you to vote for them versus me to vote for this person? And that is where we actually find a deeper truth. You know, I don't know if I've shared this quote, I probably have from Jonathan Haidt, where he talks about what his rabbi said, where he said, beyond the binary is a deeper truth. The need for dissent, right? The need for dissent is because beyond the binary is a deeper truth, a third truth that exists, and it's seemingly wiser than the first two. And you know, my default is want to be, but I'm, no, mine is the third, and it starts as the first, and then fuck that. And I, we'll just get to my point. But, you know, I recognize the inflexibility of the psychology of self, that we want to preserve our beliefs and our thoughts. But if we can step into this space of curiosity and this space of, you have something to teach me, and the deeper the trigger, right? This isn't about tolerating, by the way, racism or misogyny, because of that's obviously generally where we go. This is about how 
the inability to process or have conversation with any disagreement has infiltrated all like everyday life, everyday conversation. You know, we obviously don't need to participate in conversations with a raving racist. You know, we can decide what conversations we're going to have. But just because someone questions something doesn't make them anti something. Just because someone doesn't agree with a part of it doesn't make them anti something. Just because someone does agree with a part of it doesn't make them fully pro something, right? We, we have created these wings where it's either this or that. The trap of that is it doesn't allow the space for the gray of humanity, for the gray of our own gray, the, because we don't live in these binaries. We live in this very complex space, right? Where we have so many different thoughts and feelings that are, that are oppositional themselves sometimes, you know? And if we can't hold that very difference within ourselves, we won't be able to hold it outside of ourselves. You know, if we cancel parts of ourselves, we won't be able to have capacity to hold other people. If we are ashamed of parts of ourselves, we will shame other parts of other people, right? And so this is the deep work of it. And man, I'm just, I feel so much lighter. I feel like, okay, like, let's do this. Let's create. And I really, really hope that this inspires you to do the same. Whatever you're holding yourself back from, whatever, you know, conversations that you're, you know, unwilling or have been running from. And, you know, I just want to get better at that myself. It, it really is so much work in a good way to learn how to expand ourselves, to be able to be open to more things. And I want to just finish with a quote from Neil Donald Walsh. Do not waste the precious moments of this, your present reality, seeking to unveil all of life's secrets. Those secrets are a secret for a reason. Grant your God the benefit of the doubt. Use your now moment for the highest purpose, the creation and the expression of who you really are. Decide who you are, who you want to be, and then do everything in your power to be that. It is not nearly so important how well a message is received as how well it is sent. You cannot take responsibility for how well another accepts your truth. You can only ensure how well it is communicated. And by how well, I don't mean merely how clearly. I mean how lovingly, how compassionately, how sensitively, how courageously, and how completely. If you think your life is about doing this, you do not understand what you are about. Your soul doesn't care what you do for a living. And when your life is over, neither will you. Your soul cares only about what you're being while you're doing whatever you're doing. It is a state of beingness the soul is after, not a state of doingness. <sighs> I mean, those words speak to so many layers of me. And I really just want to say thank you to all of you. Thank you for witnessing me on this journey. I mean, we are on episode like 225 or something. Either way, it's a lot and it's amazing. And I'm so grateful for the growth to be witnessed out loud, to in a way have my own transformation documented. And I just, I get a lot of your messages and I'm so grateful to just witness you and your transformation too and your commitment and your desire to be everything you can be and the graciousness that we offer ourselves and other people in their transformation. So more solo episodes coming 
And it's really such an honor. Have a beautiful week. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If this episode resonated with you, one of the best ways to support the show is to go subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any more. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to it, or share the episode with your community on Instagram or whatever social place you like to hang out. This helps get it into more people's ears, and I'm so grateful for your support, always. Thanks again for tuning in. Much love.